Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, August 9th. Happy August, everyone. A special Monday edition of the show this week. As we didn't have one last week, I am back from the inaugural cruise for Carnival Cruise Line's brand new ship, Carnival Mardi Gras. It is a beautiful ship. There is so much to see and do on board and so much to eat as well. Absolutely love the new restaurant of Shaq's Big Chicken. It was a hit among a lot of passengers there, so I expect it to be on board of more of Carnival ships in the future because the demand will probably be there. People are going to want to experience that. And uh, after the launch of Bolt, the first roller coaster at sea, which is just an incredible experience, even if it is only 30 seconds per lap, uh, I do wonder how Carnival, or other cruise lines for that matter, will try to top that moving forward on, on new ships in the future. Certainly be interesting as a, you know as it's an arms race, if you will, of cruise lines trying to outdo each other in forms of entertainment and attractions that you can do on on board. We will talk more about the new cruise ship experience in today's interview segment of the show as I sat down with Doug Parker of Cruise Radio on board the ship at the end of our trip to discuss that and uh, everything else going on in the world of cruising. But first, as we do with every show, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with a bit of cruise news. As last night, uh, Norwegian Cruise Line got a win in Florida. A federal judge ruled on Sunday that Norwegian Cruise Line can ask customers for proof of coronavirus vaccination before boarding, at least temporarily reversing an order from the governor of Florida. Due to the rise in the Delta variant, though, Carnival Cruise Line updated its mask guidelines and boarding requirements for all guests. Whether you're vaccinated or not, you'll now need to provide a negative COVID test before boarding and also be required to wear a mask indoors on the ship where social distancing cannot be done. Uh, Royal Caribbean is also making passengers test before boarding and Ama Waterways is requiring all guests be vaccinated. So just quarter of the um, new landscape in cruising there. This news has resulted in mixed feelings among cruisers out there, but hey, we have to stay focused on the positive people. Ships are still out there sailing with passengers right now. That's a good thing. Cruise lines are going to do what they have to do to ensure that it remains a safe environment and no outbreaks happen. They simply cannot afford that right now. I do find it interesting that testing will now be required to board. And it's like, hey, you know, we could have been doing that since like last summer or at the very least this spring. You know, Uh, that was the plan initially, but the CDC wouldn't remove the no sale order. And then when they did, cruise lines kind of adjusted and made it all be about vaccinated passengers. And now these got these variants going on and now it's back to testing. So that's all in the past. We just have to focus on and move forward and, and get through this. But more on cruising later in the show in our expert interview segment. Moving over to destination news, Canada border is now open to vaccinated U.S. travelers. So anyone out there traveling to Canada soon, let me know. Podcast at travelpulse.com is the email. Hit me up. We'd love to hear from you and what your trip is going to be like. And um, we talk when you get back and everything. I'm look, looking forward to people getting out and crossing the border and over to Canada. I don't have any plans as of yet, but... Who knows what the the rest of this year holds? So elsewhere around the world, Puerto Rico is now requiring vaccination for testing in all hotel stays. The Bahamas changed its entry requirements once again, and you will have to provide negative COVID tests before coming in. The islands went in effect on that on Friday, August 6th, and rules apply to both cruise passengers and travelers arriving by air. All fully vaccinated travelers and children's ages 2 to 11 must test negative for COVID-19 no more than five days prior to arrival. The same rule applies to unvaccinated individuals 12 years and older. Uh, The Bahamas are doing what they have to do to ensure safety among travel right now. It's kind of the the lay of the land. There are a lot of different things going on, uh, destinations changing rules, 
Uh, over in Mexico, though, uh, there was some local reports that uh, indicated in the Mexican Caribbean and uh, Catana Row that, you know, popular destinations like Cancun, Riviera Maya, a lot of people go there. There were some reports locally that the governor there said that they were going to have to require proof of vaccination. Turns out that was false. It's actually it was just a recommendation of what they were discussing that they might do. And it kind of went big. And now the uh, Mexico president had to come out last week and say that there is no need to show proof of vaccination. So Mexico is still going to be a very popular tourist destination as you don't have to show any sorts of uh, proof of vaccination or COVID test requirements and no restrictions there to get to Mexico. The only issue is you still have to get a COVID test to come back into the United States. There is that is still a rule in place and has been since January. But if you're going to Mexico and you're hitting those popular resort towns, majority of those all-inclusive resorts are going to be providing that COVID test option for you. So you don't have to worry about that on your own. You know, the, the Delta variant is causing concern among uh, travelers out there. We've, we've seen it impacting some bookings so far, and now it may add more, even more restrictions globally as reports are indicating that the European Union may restore travel restrictions to the United States. The White House is looking to opening the border up and requiring international travelers to be vaccinated to enter. It's a lot of ongoing discussions at the moment. I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon, so if you're listening to this later in the week, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google to receive an alert for when new episodes drop. But, you know, if the, you are listening to this later in the week, we might already have the news on that. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes down. It is expected to come this week as far as what the um, sources were telling multiple reporting outlets uh, for what the European Union is going to do in regards to the rising cases of, of COVID in the U.S. and whether or not they will restore travel restrictions there. But it's not all doom and gloom out there, folks. No need to live in fear. There are plenty of places open without restrictions in place for vaccinated travelers, and some are safer than others in terms of level of threat. We posted up a gallery piece on that on TravelPulse.com. You can check out the full list there. Some truly beautiful places, too, like Bermuda, which is only considered a level one travel advisory. So if you don't work with a travel advisor, the changing rules out there right now are absolutely perfect reason of why you need to book with an advisor for your vacations moving forward. Over in air travel news, United Airlines and Frontier will make vaccines mandatory for employees. American Airlines CEO, though, said that there's a simple reason why he's not requiring passengers or staff to be vaccinated. It's just too much. Essentially saying, quote, it wouldn't be physically possible, end quote, for domestic flights um, without causing massive delays. He added that requiring passengers to prove they're vaccinated would, quote, be incredibly cumbersome, end quote. As for employees, American is requesting but not requiring that employees get vaccinated, offering incentives to staffers who get the shots, such as an extra day of vacation and a $50 gift card. A polarizing topic for sure, and one that people will continually disagree on uh, as we continue with this unfortunate pandemic that we're in. One thing I think that we all can agree on, though, is the rise in naughty passengers has got to stop. You know, the industry knows it too, which is why the Federal Aviation Administration issued a warning to airports across the United States to closely monitor the serving of alcohol as cases of drunk and unruly passengers continue to climb. Um, They issued that um, warning a few days before this crazy viral video that blew up last week showing a Frontier Airlines passenger had to be duct taped to his seat. That's right, duct taped, fully just strapped down. He allegedly groped flight attendants. You know, the video that's out there shows him being extremely vulgar to everyone around him. And he assaulted a, f- a flight attendant, too, started punching one. And eventually, that they just had enough. And they duct taped him to a seat. And they didn't duct tape his mouth shut as well. Certainly some hostile times in aviation right now. 
I just wish people would be kind to one another. You know, nobody really likes being crammed in airplanes. Don't don't make the situation worse for people. You know, we still have people being selfish and ruining the travel experience for others. You know, and the sad thing is the bulk of these unruly passengers really do stem from not wanting to comply with the federal mask mandate. Whether you like it or not, that is the rule that's in place, and it's really not a hard one. So if you find that it, if if you truly find that it is a hard one for you and it's difficult, then just don't fly right now. You know, stick to road trips for your travel plans. Stay away from planes. Stop ruining experiences for everybody else out there, you know? All right, well, that wraps up what is trending in travel in the past week. Any additional thoughts, drop me an email, podcast at travelpulse.com. So let's dive into the theme of this week's show as I sit down with Doug Parker of Cruise Radio. And joining me on the podcast now is Doug Parker of Cruise Radio. Doug, welcome to the show, man. Um, thank you uh, for, for joining me. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I started this uh, whole cruise radio thing back in 2009 as a, a radio show in Jacksonville, Florida. Then uh, as podcasting became you know, a little more popular and mainstream, I moved to the podcast. And I have the website, cruiseradio.net, and just a weekly show and uh, daily information about, uh, about cruising in general. Awesome. Yes, and Doug is actually the current number one cruise influencer on Twitter, according to Global Data. So congrats there, Doug. We are on board the inaugural sailing of Carnival Mardi Gras, which is a great brand new ship. So we're going to talk about that in a bit. But first, I want to ask you, Doug, what are the key things that travelers need to know before taking a cruise right now? I think flexibility is key right now. Um, Everything's so fluid, as we just learned on this sailing with Carnival, uh, you know, recently saying, hey, you're going to have to wear a mask if you're sailing vaccinated or unvaccinated or on August 14th, you're going to have to get an antigen or a PCR test. So I think you have to be, um, you know, it's all about our own comfort level too. So you have to be a flexible, but you have to know what you're willing to do and what you're willing to not do and maybe consider that before booking, whether it be a cruise or Disney World or a flight or a trip to Vegas, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it took a while to get here, but we're finally back with multiple cruise lines in the water with passengers and you yourself have been on a couple ships now. So how do you feel the return of cruising is going? So far, so good. I like what I'm seeing. I was on the very first sailing out of uh, Florida for ISO Celebrity Edge back on uh, like June 26th. It was a seven night to the Western Caribbean. Um, That was at like 38% capacity. And then the very next day after that sailing, I did Carnival Horizon. Um, that was July 4th, uh, Carnival's first sailing out of Florida. I, I think it's going good, man. Um, it's showing that where there has been um, cases popping up, whether it be, I haven't had one knock on wood on a ship I've been on yet, but where there are cases popping up, I think it's showing that the protocols are working um, and they're doing their things, whether it be the cruise line arranging private transportation back home or the whole quarantine thing, whatever it takes to be done. Um, yeah, I just I, it's it's going really good, and I'm actually really surprised because at first I was thinking, okay, the cruise lines have all these panels and safety things and everything going on, protocols, all etc. But is it really going to work? And it's it's good to see that everything is working and that the cruise lines are uh, are cruising safely again. And we're seeing cruise lines restarting daily, not just in the U.S. where like a couple of days ago, Alaska just started a lot more, but also around the world in Greece, up in Northern Europe, the UK, the UK rather, just it's a, it's a really positive thing. 
Yeah, the cruise lines, you know, they they were shut down for so long, and we just kept wondering when are they going to get their chance to showcase that they can safely operate, just how hotels and airlines have been able to do for the last year. And I think what we're seeing, yeah, there are cases popping up, but that's happening all over the world right now, especially with the Delta variant. So they're adapting, they're adjusting, and they're they're getting a chance to show that they can safely operate, which which has been good. So have you have you seen anything different? I mean, we're on Carnival Mardi Gras now with you know, it's like forty two hundred passengers and. Uh, you mentioned it was like 30% capacity in your first stuff. So have, what have you seen just different wise from that first sailing, you know, a month ago compared to what you're, what we've experienced so far in five days on this ship? Yeah. So a month ago, you know, it's kind of hard to compare because you're talking about sailing at a, with a thousand people on Celebrity Edge on a really big cruise ship. Um, and then, you know, sailing with 4,000 people on 180,000 gross registered ton cruise ships. So I don't know if it's, fair to compare each of them because you're talking about you're walking around Celebrity Edge and you wouldn't see anyone, right? Because there are so many decks and there were so few people, whereas there's um, so many decks on this ship, but a lot more people. I would say like the buffet experience has been, was a lot different between the two ships. Like um, you were being served on Celebrity Edge where you'd walk up to the buffet, hand them your plate, or not hand them your plate, just kind of put your plate out, and they would serve you with the tongs. Um, and they would give you actually a plate. Uh, an attendant would give you a plate and the silverware and everything, where on this, it's still um, self-service. Um, I have noticed like an increase, especially on Lido, of, like I guess you call them buffet attendants, maybe, that are constantly changing out the tongs and the scoopers and everything and wiping the counters down. So, you know, I, I guess every cruise line is kind of doing their own thing. But, I mean, at the end other day everyone has safety in mind right because if these cruise lines uh, get shut down again it's not going to be pretty with companies like royal caribbean group and carnival corporation both in debt almost 30 billion dollars right yeah it was a devastating blow over the last year and you know so much of that has been they've had been been at the mercy of the cdc whereas you know in florida they have kind of fought back against that so what have been your thoughts about the overall uh the back and forth between the cdc and florida uh legal battle yeah that's been fun right it's been like you know one day it's something and the next day it's another thing so i think the lawsuit was overdue back in april when florida's governor DeSantis actually filed a lawsuit against the cdc for overreach um couple of things, though. No matter, it doesn't matter what side of the fence you're on, whether the lawsuit against the CDC was good, was it bad, was it jeopardizing public health, etc. It opened up dialogue. It gave channels because for months we didn't hear a thing between the CDC and the cruise lines. And it took that one lawsuit to open up dialogue. And then we started seeing protocols come into play. We started seeing the cruise line saying, or the CDC saying with their guidance, and they're updating it, right? They're saying you don't, you can travel with 95% fully vaccinated and not do the test cruise, or you can do the test cruise if you're sailing under 95%. There was a lot more communication. It almost seems like um, there's been communication on, if not weekly, a bi-weekly basis right now between the CDC and the cruise lines. And like I said, no matter what side of the lawsuit you fall on, I think it was needed. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it kind of give that push to get, like you said, the dialogue going, which was important. And you might could argue that without that, who knows where we would be at this point in time right now. So it's been an interesting discussion back and forth. And I I totally agree with that. It it got the push going and and was much needed. So we're on this Carnival Mardi Gras, a brand new ship, first new brand new ship debut coming out here. So I got to ask, you know, first, aside from Bolt, because I think most at this point, most people know the first roller coaster at sea. It's a very exciting thing. What stands out the most to you on this brand new ship in Carnival Mardi Gras? 
wow, this ship is such a departure from other Carnival ships. And I was just on Carnival Horizon, which was their ship that launched in 2018, uh, two weeks ago. So it was totally different coming on to this one. Um, some of my, you know, the, I guess the takeaways or the big things that stand out, the Grand Central area, which is on deck, uh, deck seven, sorry, deck six, seven, and eight, um, was, uh, it's a first, right? It's a sea-facing atrium. So Carnival ships usually have the atrium dead in the center of the ship. And uh, they either have the glass elevators on the older ships or the dreamscape in the middle on the, the newer Vista-class ships. But this side-facing atrium is really cool across those three decks. Um, other than that, um, the food options, like the partnership with Emeralds, uh, Emerald Agassi, that is amazing. We had um, red beans and rice, jambalaya the other day, and I think maybe some shrimp. And we walked out of there only paying, I think, $11 total, which was great. Um, I think the food is really big here, but also the drinks. So with the zone concept, like we've seen on, like Royal Caribbean has a neighborhood concept, basically the same thing. Royal Caribbean has this neighborhood where Carnival has this neighborhood. Um, but the French Quarter is really cool. It really, I, I did New Orleans just before the shutdown and, uh, you know, kind of hanging up and down and going to the bars and things like that on New Orleans. It has that, the Brass Magnolia, for instance, has one of the, as Eddie Allen, the VP of uh, Beverage Operations, told me it's one of the strongest drinks. The Hurricane is one of the strongest drinks on this ship. Um, also, the Fortune Teller Bar, too, has the drinks that kind of like that smoke, that bubble, all these cool little things. They'll read your palm at night and give you crazy readings and stuff like that. So, and Emeralds is catty corner from that. So there's all these different zones, which I said, nothing new with it for the cruise industry, but definitely new for Carnival Cruise Line. And it seems to be, uh, seems to be working for this ship. Yeah, the French Quarter has been a very popular spot. I've, I've gone through that. We, we had a, um, a cocktail hour thing over at Brass Magnolia, and I did get that hurricane drink, and it is absolutely delicious. So if you're going on that and you like hurricane drinks in New Orleans, you definitely have to check that area out. Obviously, Bolt, um, the whole ultimate playground area up top is really cool. Um, the, the ropes course. There's just so much to see and do on this, and I, I do think that that atrium is, is a unique aspect, and, and there's multiple levels of it, so you're seeing a lot of people getting a completely different experience whether they're on deck six seven or eight on that and i watched uh deal or no deal from there the other night which was pretty cool this kid almost won a thousand dollars but oh. fell short uh, at the very last it was it was down to a thousand and uh 75 and he ended up getting 75 on that and then you know the family feud show the other night was pretty cool too so a lot to see and do on this ship so I'm curious, how does Carnival Mardi Gras on your eyes stack up against other cruise ships? Uh, you kind of touched on that with the, in the Carnival brand, but other other brands as well, like Royal, NCL, MSC, etc. Yeah, so I guess in my opinion, I mean, there's a cruise for everyone, and everything everyone has their own favorite, right? Like, so personally, since I was a kid. I grew up on the Carnival brand. Like my my parents, we were sailing Carnival at least once or twice a year out of Port Canaveral. And so I kind of just like built up loyalty points. So when I'm vacationing, that's not for work. I'm probably doing a Carnival cruise. Um, but as far as how they all stack up against each other right now, I mean, I don't know. I, everything's different. Like you go to MSC is very uh, glitzy, glamoury, the Swarovski crystal staircases all over the ships. Um, Norwegian, very... Um, you know, an emphasis, I would say, on kind of the venues like the drink venues and like the um, the Margar Margaritaville type partnerships on board and the different diners and stuff like that on board. Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but you want me to how you want me to answer it. But I think there's just um, I don't 
I don't know, man. It's it's just it's, it's a tough one, I should say. Yeah, it is a little challenging because each cruise line has so much to offer in, in different aspects. So I guess, or I could retool it to because Carnival's so much about fun and family. So in that aspect, do you think this is more of a family oriented than other brands? I mean, Carnival statistically does carry more families than any other cruise line in the U.S. or maybe even the world. Um, so it is a family, like, you know, the Bolt roller coaster, the zip line. There's a lot of things on this ship that are geared. The, the kids club is huge, like even for the teens, the, the smaller kids, the tweens. Um, there, there are a lot of offerings on here. I do feel like um, because Carnival does carry so many kids, there's more options for families. Um, you know, whether it be a four fee thing like Bolt, the roller coaster, or just a free stuff. Like I was on the zip line the other day, or at the zip line, the ropes course, but it does have a zip line on it. Have you done that yet? No, not yet. Okay, it's really cool. In fact, you actually you go over out the side of the ship and you're like 200 feet above the sea and you're just kind of dangling there as you're going over. It's really like super adrenaline rush there. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of lot of family things um, on the ship here, but yeah, there's just uh, there's a there's a cruise line and a cruise brand for every family. For sure, and I think that's where working with a travel advisor comes in handy because they can help guide you in that direction of which cruise is going to be right for you, your family, or if you're going on a girls' trip or a guys' trip or you know um, even work-oriented stuff, you can you can get together. I know there's a conference room here on this ship, so a lot of things to do. So speaking of families a little bit, uh, what would you say to families or, or anyone really who might be on the fence about cruising with everything going on these days or maybe are, um, the non-cruisers out there to, to get out and experience their first one? I think it all goes down to your personal feelings. Like, you know, you have to manage your expectations. So if you don't think, if you think you're going to be miserable or you don't think you're going to enjoy it, or for instance, on some sailings, if you, or some cruise lines, if you don't think you're going to be comfortable wearing a mask indoors and things like that, just don't do it yet. There's no sense, especially if you're a first timer. Like I think someone who is going on a cruise for the first time, should they experience a cruise like right now? I don't, in my opinion, no. Wearing masks and social distancing, because that's, um, for, for us who have been cruising for years, that's everything but cruising, right? I mean, usually cruising, there's that camaraderie and there's the, the gatherings and the deck parties and, you know, the, the parades going down the promenade and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, if you're a first time cruiser, you definitely want to manage your expectations, um, especially in today's environment. For sure. And, and with families too, you got to consider about the kids and there's a lot going on in that aspect. So it, it's a tough challenge, especially with the ever-changing, you know, guidelines that, that keep happening. So it seems like things might be set with some of those guidelines until October, at least we know for Carnival, if they've got that in their place. So, um, yeah, just lastly, you know, any any advice to travelers out there? You've been on multiple ships here, so we've kind of touched on some things. So travel advisors uh, are the prominent business for cruise lines. I think it's like close to 70% of cruise sales are made by travel advisors. So any advice you'd want to uh, pass on to them and your experiences so far? Yeah. I mean, just a thing on travel, travel advisors really quick. Uh, mine's actually sailing on here and I, I've been using mine for 10 years and she has, yeah, she has saved me so much money and has helped me with things like, um, I don't know, onboard credits or casino promotions or drink promotions, things like that. So yeah, I, I love me some, uh, Love me some travel agents and the whole community there. But I would just say make sure that your clients know, um, we just spoke about it, to manage your expectations. Make sure they know what they're getting into. 
I just read the ticket contract, which no, no one ever does, but it, the word COVID was uh, 44 times in Carnival's updated ticket contract. So, you know, make sure you go through that with a fine tooth comb or make sure your clients go through that before they just hit accept and get on the cruise and be like, what? And then you're like, you know, it was in the ticket contract. You just didn't read it. Um, I would also say travel insurance. Um, with everything being so fluid these days, as we kind of experienced on this sailing with the latest protocols released, I think it's important that... Um, travel i mean you should always travel with travel insurance i mean I've, I've been traveling with it i've been doing this for 12 years now and i've never taken a trip without getting it and i've had to use it a couple of times in europe when i've gotten stuck there um but especially now with uh different things that could pop up um i think definitely making sure your your um clients use travel insurance is excellent too Awesome. Wonderful advice there. Doug, I appreciate you taking the time out of, you know, this experience, this great cruise ship to, uh, to talk a little bit of cruising with me and pass on your experience and wisdom to our listeners here. So uh, tell our listeners, again, how they can find you and interact with you. Yeah. So either uh, if you're on watching Cruise News on YouTube, it's called Cruise News Today on the Cruise Radio YouTube channel or my website's cruiseradio.net. Thanks again to Doug for taking the time to join me on the show. Had a great time talking lots of cruising. Great insight from him all around. Be sure to check him out at Cruise Radio. If you'd like to be on the show in the future or you have thoughts or feedback on today's show or anything in general, love to hear from you. Podcast at TravelPulse.com is the email. Reach out. Love to hear from you folks. Uh, leave me a review uh, wherever you listen to your podcast out there. I would greatly appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening, folks, and have a great week. 